Hello and welcome to Glitch Cube, we're a gaming podcast and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And uh, welcome back everybody to another fun and exciting week as we dive further into the world of games. And this week we are continuing our conversation from last week where we went over Greek mythos in video games. But we are going to be traveling to a different region of the world. We are going to India. Now, one of the big things that was pretty surprising. So India has the, what is it, second largest gaming community in the world? And yet there are not that many game companies there. And what the game companies that are there aren't really publishing a lot of games that have specifics to do with like actual lore, mythos, talking about the gods and things like that. And it, it took a lot of research to actually find out the reason why. And there is a pretty legit reason as to why we might be only seeing Greek, Egyptian, those kinds of gods, things like that, right? Like really ancient lore. Uh, so it is a very interesting reason, but we're gonna dive into that a little bit later here. Uh, but we might as well just kind of kick out with one game that started a lot of controversy, not just in Hinduism, but in around the world <laughs> with its game. Uh, a lot of people either love this game or absolutely hate this game. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence. I, it's, it's fine. It's a video game, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but that is the game of Smite. Now, yeah, Smite <laughs> is a, a Smite is a video game. There you go. Done. Okay, cool. Wrap it up. No, a Smite is a game in which you get to play as your favorite gods from around the world. That's the basic premise of it. But whenever they started introducing Hindu gods, they got a lot of backlash for it. And there's a really interesting reason as to why that is the case. But before I reveal what that reason is, what's your experience with Smite and how much have you played it and who's your main? <laughs> I never really liked it. I had friends <laughs> that liked it, um, but I don't know. It, it's a cool concept, but like for a MOBA, like it's I kind of like how it feels more interactive i guess but i don't know i never i didn't realize it like really blew up mm -hmm. like i remember for a while it was kind of like that one little esport that was just there and now i'm seeing like all these like tournaments where they make a ton of money from it i'm like oh hmm. yeah but yeah i always forget it exists yeah, it's one of those that always feels like it's on the back burner. Like it never feels like it's up front, right? And it's, mm -hmm. but it's, it is surprisingly popular, especially in the esports community. Uh, and it's still growing, which is really strange. Uh, <laughs> but one of the big things, like I said, is that it allows you to play as your favorite gods. And it is, uh, it's actually fairly interesting. The developers say that they do a lot of research to make sure that the gods are represented properly. And while that may be the case, it's still a video game. So they need to be changed, tweaked, and things need to be more exciting or exaggerated or, you know, stuff like that. It's a game, right? So whenever they introduce some of the Hindu gods, that's when we got a major, major backlash. And the first one that really 
really got heads to spin was Kali. So when they brought Kali into the game, they made her an over, I would say overly sexy assassin. <laughs> like that's, but that's a video game, right? And actually from video game point of view, she's actually pretty tame uh, as far as her attire goes, but it was not, it did not get the the excitement that a lot of people thought would it would actually get. And they kind of ignored the initial reactions to it and just kind of kept going with the game and kept pushing and kept researching more gods that they can eventually add into it. So after the Kali incident, they did introduce more gods to the game. And they continued down the path of, you know, Hindu gods and things like that, uh, or heroes from time, like heroes like Rama, and then the gods like Ganesh, right? But the one that really like got people pretty heated the most, I would say, was Shiva. So with the introduction of Shiva, a lot of religious groups got involved in the kind of annoyance or hatred about it. And that actually sparked a major conversation within video games and media itself. So it actually turns out that there is a law that you are not allowed to portray gods and use them in advertisements. So Smite can still technically have the gods playable uh, and have people from these stories like the, you know, Ravana and things like that, but they cannot actually use them in advertisements because they are being or they are actively being worshipped. So any god that is not actively being worshipped can be used in advertisements, whereas ones that are actively being worshipped cannot. Right. So it's things like you aren't going to see Jesus on a Nike commercial. Right. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of like that. Right. Like you're not allowed to do that, but you might see Zeus. You know, it's it's kind of just how it is and where the the current worship is right if it's active then that's then it's bad right so that mm -hmm. kind of led to an interesting like discovery and one that we found out pretty early on that it was rather difficult to find games that were really inspired by the indian gods uh, despite how many there actually are i mean there's 33 major deities and then there's over like there's hundreds and hundreds of minor deities in the in like actively being worshipped right now in Hinduism like currently so it's kind of it was really blowing my mind that we weren't able to find something a little bit more concrete now in some of the games that we're going to discuss a little bit later they are there they are in the games just like this with smite like smite shiva is in the game but they had to pull the advertisements for it or like in one of the games that we're going to discuss, they actually just use the voice of the character and just it's a disembodied voice itself. And it was never actually portrayed in the game. So I, it's a very I, I don't know how I feel about this because it kind of. I don't know, it's weird because in books and novels, you can have gods, you can talk about them. But in video games and movies and things like that, that's when it becomes kind of a gray area, especially whenever it's being used to sell the movie or sell the game. You're selling a product. So I don't really know what the harm is. Like, maybe what do you think about this, this controversy here? Because we're going to run into it in the future if we look at lore from other regions as well. 
I would say it'd be about the imagery, but I mean, when you think about it, like, there's always a static image for them when you kind of look into, like, actual, like, the lore and stuff, like, it, and most that I've seen with games that try to do it, it, it looks exactly like a way it's portrayed in the old, like, scripts. So it's, it's weird that, you know, they don't want, you know, advertising tied to it because maybe they're afraid that they don't ever want their stuff associated with a brand because think about this, Mm. right? Say Smite's running an ad and it has Kali in it, right? Right now, Smite's not bad, but two years from now, Smite, I don't know, let's just say it it pulls a racist card or something. It it does something wrong Mm -hmm. where it might get canceled. People are going to look back and maybe think different about their portrayal on how some of these gods looked. Or there's going to be something where the brand will be fouled and people will associate that advertisement with it, which would make that god look bad. Now, granted, most people probably wouldn't care about that exact thing. Yeah, it wouldn't make them stop believing, or right? <laughs> the people who are protecting you know the imagery you know they would probably think that way so in that sense i get it but also as long as something is not being like actively portrayed in a bad way you i feel like you would want it out there so more people become aware of it and be more interested in it you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. it's there's that part but it it's weird cuz i feel like a lot of other religions spiritualities like they're very open with having their stuff kind of you know somewhat portrayed but it's interesting how this one feels very like protected almost yeah it's i mean it has to do a lot with how many followers there actually are right like uh vishnu in is one of the biggest and like uh, vishnu achieva like them like they're major deities right like kali as well and so having them portrayed in a video game is very like it's kind of a gray area i would say where like you can get into some serious trouble with that because of how many followers there actually are. Like even whenever you look at the Hindu religion, the actual creator, uh, I believe his name's Brahma. Uh, sorry for everybody out there if I'm getting the gods wrong. I do apologize. Uh, but I believe Brahma is actually like the creator, like the head, like the main god that made everything. Uh, he only has one temple. And whereas Shiva has multiple temples around all of India and the world and more followers and things like that, which I found kind of surprising. But there's actually lore behind that, too, which I thought was kind of cool, too. So it's actually baked into uh, their belief system where Brahma was cursed uh, by somebody. I forgot. It might have been Kali that actually cursed him. Uh, And I think Kali might have cut off one of his heads if i remember that correctly uh but cursed him to only have one place of worship 
So they're not allowed to make any more. Like there is only one and there can only be one spot. So that was kind of trippy to me. But I, I like I found it really interesting how that was actually baked into the lore and the belief system and everything like that. So that was pretty cool. Something different. And something, yeah, it made me want to research more into this and just the God side of it, not just like, because I, I love looking into religions. I, I find it very fascinating and just uh, just mm-hmm. hearing all the tales and things like that. So it made me want to do more research on that side. And then I kept having to rein it back like, okay, how's this relate back to video games? Let's go back there. <laughs> so I kept having to check myself this week. There's but. so much to it. Like, like, like you said, I... I am very fascinated by, you know, religion and folklore and all of that kind of stuff, right? Ideologies. And this is a area that I've, I know of stuff, but I've never actually looked into it. So, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Like the whole, I don't know, one, one shrine thing. Like it's makes me wonder how much more, is out there because i mean they have thousands of gods right oh yeah yeah there's a lot of minor ones but i believe there's 33 majors so still that's a lot that's a lot <laughs> yeah when when you put it yeah there's tons there's tons there's different gods for every different virtue or occasion really which is very interesting and actually speaking on that the, the way that gods are being portrayed with multiple arms Actually, uh, each arm represents a different virtue, and the more arms that somebody has, the more virtuous they are. So that was kind of interesting because they carry different uh, like burdens, right, or whatever it may be, or they carry different things with them, right? Like it could be, um, like for instance, I believe Brahma has a book of knowledge. Uh, he has a Oh, gosh, I wish I could remember this. I'm sorry, everybody. I really do apologize. But it's uh, I know that he has like a kettle or a pot that holds like the cosmos, I believe. Uh, and then he has a I think it's a kettle. Yeah, yeah he has like a lotus as well um, to represent rebirth and life and creation. Um, and he has one more thing as well. I just can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But I, I always found that really like uh, I, I was always curious as to why. Uh, specifically like Hindu and Buddhist gods are portrayed with multiple arms. What What is the meaning behind that? And it's actually their virtues that they're carrying with them at all times. So I thought that was kind of cool and something different. And that actually leads a little bit later into another game that we're going to be discussing too, which is kind of nice. So, But maybe let's just jump right into a, another game here. We're going to step off Smite. Smite is one of those where it's, yeah, there's problems, <laughs> but there's a big fan base for it. And it's just a major controversy point um, when it comes to uh, this religion specifically. Now, an- one game that has become pretty dang popular now is uh, Raji and Ancient Epic. Now, this game looks really, really cool. It's a 3D action game. A lot of people were trying to equate it to, you know, God of War it's not really at that same pace, right? But it is a very interesting title. Uh, it follows Raji. Uh, and what I liked about it was that it actually made a, a female protagonist, which was cool. And she's actually saving her brother who got kidnapped by a mystic that is trying to open the gates of heaven and hell, basically. 
Uh, but it's it is a really cool, nice little touch there. And just the artwork behind Raji is pretty amazing. Everything is gorgeous in that game. Uh, and there are some bugs, right? And apparently the the battle system can get slightly repetitive. But I think it's more of the the fact that this is probably one of the most recognized games that has to do with uh, Indian folklore behind it. And while it is made up, it's not actually from their, you know, folklore text. It still has the homage to those things, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. there are gods in this game, but they are just voices. So they just talk to Raji and they actually end up giving her boons along her way, uh, which is pretty helpful with when it comes to just different types of weaponry that she can use to on her quest and things like that. So it, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, I, I haven't played it yet, but it definitely looks like a game that I would like to check out. Um, and actually, the most recent update of it, I thought this was pretty fascinating. It got translated into five other languages, which is really cool. Um, and then it actually has new voice acting in it where it's actually voiced by an Indian actress. So that was actually really cool. So it, it's not just because the original release of it was just American. <laughs> like it was just an English huh. voice over. And then now there is in the native tongue, right? It, it's actually there, which I thought was really, really cool and a nice little touch. And I kind of wish that they would have released it with that originally because I feel like it yeah. would have been a little bit more impactful there. But it is nice to know that that's there. Um, I, I haven't played it. Have you checked out Raji at all? I, I, I don't know. I I had started it when it came to Game Pass a little bit, uh, but it got lost under all the other games that I was playing at the time. Because I remember it was a Switch exclusive, which is kind of surprising, mm -hmm. in my opinion. I don't know. I thought it... it I guess Nintendo doesn't surprise me anymore. Um when it comes to indies, but I was like, hmm, and then forgot about it. Then it's on Game Pass, and I saw people like, you know, saying really good things about it. Uh, so I played a little bit. I think I played maybe an hour of it, and from the little bit I played, I it was cool. I uh, it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. I I would like to see more of it just because it's pretty, right? Um, but I did like the atmosphere, you know, it's definitely a setting you don't really see in games. So it's kind of a breath of fresh air in that regard. So I like that. Yeah. It, it like I said, it does look amazing. Uh, it, it looks really, really cool. The cutscenes are pretty great too. It's, it's kind of like a, almost like shadow puppets in a way for the cutscenes. So that was pretty mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, the character designs are fantastic. Some of the encounters that you have are so big that <laughs> the screen, like it zooms out to the point where like you can fit in the palm of the hand of some of the things that you're encountering. So that was kind of cool. So it, just, it did play a lot with scale and all that. And it does have a lot of really great imagery baked into it. Uh, so it is a very interesting game. Now there is something kind of funny and i thought this was it, it might lead into another episode here but this game originally had a kickstarter for it that they were trying to get um you know trying to get the game off the ground 
And it was a husband and wife duo that was trying to get this game published and have them help make it using crowdsourcing. Uh, but it actually failed the Kickstarter horribly. Um, and the wife says that it's due to the fact that they knew nothing about video game marketing. Uh, they just wanted to make this story and make it for uh, all like the Indian girls out there, right? To give them a new hero to to have, right? Uh, <clears throat> but then it actually gets picked up by uh, Nodding Head Games. So they reached out to Nodding Head Games after the Kickstarter had failed because they still wanted to make this game. They they didn't want to give up on it. And after reaching out to Nodding Head, they gave them the resources and funding to actually make this game happen. So it's pretty cool. I mean, to see that even though it was a failed Kickstarter, it is actually a very, um, like, well, like, people love this game. And it's one that I feel deserves to be made. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, you don't really see that often where games are given a second chance. So that is kind of cool. Yeah, something, something a little different there. All right. So another game that I actually love, and I've talked about this game a few times, is Asura's Wrath. Now, Asura's Wrath is a fantastic title. It's over the top like crazy, but that's what makes it fun. And a lot of people say that Asura is actually angrier than Kratos, if you can believe it. So he definitely mm. has a fight for a angriest video game character out there. Uh, but the setting for Asura's Wrath is rather interesting. Now, there are divine beings, but they all don't or none of them have the same names of any of the actual divine beings in Hinduism. Uh, but they do have a lot of similarities, right? Like the flying uh, palace in the sky, but now it's in space. So there's that. So <laughs> this is where it gets kind of weird. Um, in the world of Asura, the divines are actually part mechanical. So they are cybernetic in nature. And then the humans are just humans. So divines are super beings, basically, that can perform amazing actions. And Ashura was a part of the, I forgot their actual name, it's basically like Power Rangers, but there's a group of seven of them, <laughs> and they go and they're trying to fight uh, these aliens, like beings that are trying to destroy everything. Now, Asura does accomplish this with the help of his daughter. Uh, his daughter unlocks a hidden power within him, and he's able to take out the main bad during uh, the initial fight sequence. Uh, but after seeing his daughter's power, his other teammates begin to think, how can we use this for our benefit? So they actually kill the emperor, kidnap the daughter, and kill Ashura's wife, uh, and then banish him. So he ends up waking up years later uh, after being in limbo. I think it's like a thousand years later or something like that. And now the divines, it's now like the divine six because Asura is no longer a part of it. And it's been a thousand years and they've been harnessing the power of Asura's daughter this entire time. So Asura, who lost his memories, is slowly getting them back. And whenever he finds out that his daughter has been kidnapped, he goes on a rampage to then save her again. Now, the character design of Asura, it, I think, is fantastic. I've always loved this character design. Uh, he's just a crazy, techie, like, buff, freak-out guy, right? <laughs> With a bunch of arms, which I think is always really cool. But that speaks to 
the actual belief systems that are in Hindu belief, right, or Indian belief. So that was really interesting that they actually brought that into play here. I, I like that a lot. So like his, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's, I mean, this game came out while button mashing and uh, time, uh, active time button presses were a thing and that was really popular. So if you're not really into those, then this might not be the greatest game for you. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous violence. So that's kind of, that's the surest thing. That's just what he does, right? But it is a really entertaining title. It's really fun. It's just over the top goofiness. It still gets great reviews. And I'm, I'm sad that there isn't more of these. But given the ending to this game, you can't really make any more, <laughs> at least with him as the protagonist. So a little spoiler there for everybody. Now, one thing uh, real quick. The name Asura is not actually a god or anything like that. Asura comes from uh, Hinduism itself, where it's actually a class of beings defined by their opposition to the gods. So there are a group of people who oppose the gods, which are depicted as demons and things like that. Uh, they are a demigod or a titan, uh, and they're said to have multiple heads and either four to six arms. Hence why Ashura has the multiple arms itself, right? Uh, so I thought that was really cool that they at least baked that in as well because you are fighting the gods the entire time. So you are an Ashura, even though that's his name in this title. So it's kind of a little confusing there, but yeah. You always talk about this game and every time I'm always like, I really want to play <laughs> it. And then I always forget about it. But from what I've seen, I do like that it is from that era that it reminds me a lot of Metal Gear uh, Rising. Yeah. And I love that game. And every time I'm like, I need to play this damn game. I, I own it. I just, I'm like, hmm. The button mashing is always the one mm -hmm. thing that regretfully seals the deal usually for me. It, it's not that long of a game, too. So it might just be a fun weekend game to just play through and beat real fast. It's only seven hours. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, that is pretty So short. like that's like a one or two sitting kind of game there. So if you just want a game to turn your brain off real quick, this is a good one for it. There's a few studios out there. Um, when you look online, a lot of them are usually for mobile games, since that seems like the majority of the market over there uh for now but one studio that's kind of bringing it to the scale of what we know or interested in at least is a uh, org head studio and they released a game not too long ago about five years ago called ashura and it is a roguelite kind of I want to say it's like Hades, but it 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 kind of plays like that a little bit. It has like a procedural skill system, which is kind of interesting. So the skill tree is not always the same every time you die. Yeah, weird. That's that's kind of the gimmick of it. Which that seems like some people really like that, and some people really don't. Well, it forces different um, play styles. Yeah, and. A buddy of mine who's played it actually really, really liked it. And he's really into those kind of games. So I'm kind of 
interested in it because I never really heard about this game until we did this and doing the research. Um, I feel like I was always on top of these kind of games, but it looks cool. I mean, it's it's just one of your like isometric 3D roguelites, and the studio actually is doing a lot of work. Uh, from what I was reading, I think they're trying to reach out more and more to other like independent developers in the area uh, to try and get their games out there. Because I mean when you look at it, like literally every other studio, like on the top game studios in India, it's like all mobile. Mm, interesting. So, you know, you, you can't really be like an indie dev that actually wants to make like, you know, a normal game, go to the mobile. And it's like, I know nowadays with mobile games, like, you can have good games on it, right? Like we see that nowadays with Apple Arcade and the possibilities of mobile games being good. But when you look at these companies, a lot of them are just your basic like match three. Right. So that's why I'm kind of saying like, it's nice seeing this studio pop up. Uh, it's been around for a few years now, trying to create games that, you know, I would say a majority of people that play games really mm -hmm. like. So it's cool that this title did really well. Like it seems like it's done well for what it has. And uh, I noticed that they're actually working on a new game right now that I think is, I don't want to say it's like super close to being done, but it seems like it's getting there. Mm -hmm. It looks cool. I, I think it looks pretty interesting. But also just reading the description is kind of like my style of game. It's a turn-based deck building game. So, yeah. 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 So we'll we'll see. I'm curious about this. This this company has actually won a lot of awards uh, for their work, which I think is pretty great. Uh, you know, they were recognized as the new Indian from the new Indian Express uh, 40 under 40 companies in India They've got uh, Game Developer Conference Game of the Year awards uh, for 2017 and 2014. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I, like, I mean, that's that's pretty big deal right there. So it's nice to see that they're trying to bring up other in, uh, companies in the area as well to expand on that. It's pretty nice. All right. So we've been talking about a lot of games that don't actually have roots in the lore and mythos like they, they a little bit they, right so they kind of like touch on things as far as like having an ashura in your game or <clears throat> bringing up gods and the settings are there but none of the games actually come from actual stories now that's where gamaya legends comes into place so if you ever have heard of the ramayana or if you have not, I really do suggest looking it up. It is a very amazing story. It's one of the most popular stories in India. And I feel like it's on the reading list for high schools too, or at least in college it was So for one of my classes. Hmm. And so uh, actually, that's right. I remember now. I took a myth and legend class and we had to read and um, study the Ramayana for like half the year. And I was in love with it the entire time. Wow. I, I love that book so much. But it's a, it's a great, great epic tale. And so the whole time I was like, why are we not finding more games with the Ramayana 
as part of it. And it turns out there is one game that was made for mobile uh, and it has a very interesting gimmick. So there's a couple things here. It's a top down action game or like a 3D action game. You get to play as all the characters from Ramayana, the actual story itself. Uh, but the way you switch out your characters is by using an amiibo like toy that you put on an actual book. And the book is called the Ashikor. Uh, and it's a separate thing that you purchase. And the book looks pretty rad, actually. Uh, and whenever you put your little toy on there, it instantly loads that into the game that you're currently playing. So I was watching someone do it and it was pretty seamless. So that was really cool. And as you're playing, you're going to be leveling up your character, getting new loot, getting armor, things like that for them. So if you actually take that amiibo like toy to your friend and use it on their game, it saves all that information over, which I thought was a nice touch. It is actually pretty interesting. So mm. I don't know. It, it could be a really fun gimmick. Uh, the story itself is that this is not the story of the Ramayana. You're not playing through that. You're playing like they said that it's more like the never ending story where someone has come and is trying to destroy this tale and remove it from history. And so you play as the characters in order to protect the story itself. And that's why the Ashikor is a part of this, like the, where, why it looks like a book that apparently holds the story of the Ramayana and they have to protect the Ashikor. So it's pretty cool. And like really quickly. That sounds cool. It, right. Like I, I like the concept of it. Right. It's just the, the graphics and the gameplay are not like up there. Uh, it's not like AAA style gameplay or anything like that. It just it's something different, right? So I I do appreciate that aspect of it, and it is a way to integrate lore and story into these titles, which is nice. And I for for those who don't know anything about the Ramayana, I I'm just gonna give like a really quick like five minute elevator pitch on it because I just think it's a great story. Uh, but it follows the story of Rama, who is a god. Right. And uh, at one point, he is supposed to be the next king in line, uh, the next divine king. And this was foretold because during an event, he was actually able to bend Shiva's bow, meaning that he was actually able to shoot it. So no one had the strength or the ability to use Shiva's bow, and he was able to do that. But then after a coup happens in the palace... Rama gets banished to the forest for 14 years, and he actually takes with him his wife Sita and his half-brother Lakshmana. Uh, and during that time, they're just trying to survive and just create a new life for themselves. But then the demon king Ravana of Lanka uh, actually kidnaps Sita by uh, distracting Rama and his half-brother with a golden deer. And so they go and chase that deer down to hunt it, and during that time, uh, Sita is actually uh, kidnapped. So they set out to rescue Sita. So that's the main part of the story is that they are looking to rescue Rama's wife, Sita. Eventually, uh, they end up making an alliance with the king of monkeys. And his name is uh, Sugriva. And they befriend a general from the, the monkey army. <laughs> his name is Hanuman. Uh, and they end up uh, like on this epic quest now trying to fight Ravana. Uh, eventually, they do confront Ravana, and they end up killing him and rescuing Sita. Uh, they return to the palace, 
but they end up questioning Sita. This is where the story gets a little kind of crazy and different. I'm not going to say crazy because it's different cultures. I, I can't say that. But it, it made you question things a little bit. So it, because Sita did spend a lot of time with Ravana and Ravana wanted her as his queen, as his wife, uh, Rama actually starts questioning her innocence and questioning that if she was actually with Ravana or not. Uh, and so he becomes kind of insecure about this and really and doesn't trust her. And he ends up banishing Sita into the forest uh, because they couldn't prove her innocence in this whole story. Uh, while she was actually banished, she gave birth to Rama's two sons, which they later did get uh, reunited with Rama. Uh, but when they got reunited, Rama still questioned her innocence and wanted to know uh, if she really was pure the whole time. And in order to prove this, she actually plunges herself into the earth back to her mother, uh, as it said in the story, uh, to prove her innocence to Rama himself. So it is a very... There's a lot more to it than that. That's just the quick little, like, boop, boop, boop. Here's the beats, right? Uh, but it is a very interesting story, and I can totally see a whole game being developed around that. And since he's not actually a god that's being actively worshipped, it's just a story that's being told, I don't see why we can't have, like, a God of War-style game of Rama, right? And, like, actually play through this whole epic quest itself. Because that would be pretty dope. I'd play the hell out of that game. Hell yeah. I... It's interesting because I've never read it, and I don't think I've really ever heard it either. Oh, really? It's um, great. And that that toy that where you use the little toys on the book and stuff, it's interesting because it reminds me a lot of like the uh, Disney Infinity or the Lego Dimensions where they have their little portal and you put the, the toy on it and... Uh, I think it's cool that it saves all the achievements and stats to the actual toy, as I don't think like Disney Infinity or any of those did that. So it's kind of, I, I never got into those kind of games where they have like the, the toys and stuff, but mm -hmm. I think it's a really cool feature. Like it, it's something like if I was a kid, I'd be all over that oh, yeah. kind of stuff, you know, like it's, it's fascinating what they can do with that. And uh, it's interesting how, like, it can exist and you don't hear really anything about it. Because, yeah, I never heard about this game either. It's interesting, yeah. though. I thought I heard all of these kind of, like, toy games but before. It, yeah, like you said, this is, it's a mechanic that's being used a lot with Amiibos and things like that. But I feel like it took it to another level. And the, the how quickly the characters swapped out, I thought was pretty amazing when I was watching gameplay of this and actually watching the devs do it right there with like uncut video in the lobby of some random hotel when they're explaining the game. Like that was actually really, really cool where like, I don't know why we don't have more like that. Like, can you imagine showing up to a Smash Brothers tournament with your favorite amiibo, right? That has like your logged out. It might not be like stat increases, but it shows it has like your name, your your logged hours, how long you've been playing, maybe even your seed in a tournament, right? Like 
that would be really, really cool to have or in other games too, right? If you're playing, uh, let's say you're playing a shooter game and you just have like, it doesn't have to be a toy. It could be just like a chip or a QR code that you have that you scan real quick and boom, there's your loadout. So if you're ever at a friend's house playing, you got your loadout, you got everything you need, there you go. And I, I feel like this game, the, the Gamaya, did that. And they proved that it can be done very well, too. So it's, it's interesting. Now, I will say we do wish that we were able to find some more games that actually specifically deal with the lore uh, behind uh, India and Hinduism and things like that. But it, like we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, it is rather difficult due to the restrictions that they have on portraying actively worshipped gods. Uh, but there are a lot more games coming out with Indian influence, which I think is fantastic, or just rather cultural influence uh, around the world right now due to how easy it is to make games and how many people have access to this stuff now. So I'm very excited to see what comes out in the future and to see what other stories we might get and maybe some modern depictions of things. There, there has to be some workarounds to keep these stories alive for future generations and just to give them in a different light, right? Like to like this could be your new superhero, right? Like it could be a story that maybe your grandmother told you that you thought was super boring, but now when you see it played out in front of you, it's like, oh, this is amazing. And I get it now, right? Like it's a different medium form. And I hope that it gets recognized that way as a way to preserve these stories rather than obscure them. But we'll see you in the future and hopefully it works out that way. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in and we will talk to you all next week with the next set of games and all things gaming. Uh, but until then, bye for now.